This is Terrio Media. Broadcasting from Terrio Studios in Glendale, California, it's time for Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. Okay, hello, and welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing. This is the place where I show people how to escape the rat race using real estate. And if you're just getting started and or you're looking for new and creative ways of making money in real estate, I've put together a free course just for you, including a checklist on how to find motivated sellers. That's the key to this whole business is finding deals. These are, these are property owners that are willing and able to sell you their property at a discount. And to access that free course, go to freerealestateinvestingcourse.com, freerealestateinvestingcourse.com. All right, got a great show for you today, a great guest on the line. But uh, real quick, mark your calendars, May 24th, 25th, and 26th. The next Epic Intensive, it's officially on the calendar, the theme, Weapons of Mass Production. I'm going to give you all the potent tools and methods that every real estate investor can use to find motivated sellers, find motivated buyers, and lenders and investors in as little as 60 seconds. No joke. I've got a few strategies I'm going to show you that can generate leads just like that, even if you think you've heard it all before. So... With these weapons of mass production at your disposal, you're going to find more deals, you're going to cash more checks, and you're going to finally start calling the shots in your life. All righty, so I'm going to show you how to find more motivated sellers, buyers, and lenders, and, and really, and, and just fill up your whole database in 30 days without throwing away good money after bad, even if you've never made a dime in real estate. All righty, so that's May 24th, 25th, 26th. Early bird pricing is in full effect. Epicintensive.com pricing will increase as the capacity increases. I've only got room for 100 people. It's going to be small. It's going to be intimate. It's going to be impactful. And it's going to be epic. Go to epicintensive.com. All righty. So on the show today, uh, I've got uh, waiting on the phone very patiently. Great friend of the show. Great friend of mine. Fellow podcaster. The Ultimate Real Estate Investing Podcast. I think, uh, oh, no, real estate investing mastery. I don't even know if there is an ultimate real estate <laughs> investing podcast. <laughs> That's that other guy down the street. But uh, please help me welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing, Mr. Joe McCall. Joe, welcome to the show. Matt, I am really glad to be here. It's an honor. It really is. I was looking online here on your website, and last time I was on was in November of 2015, I believe. Okay. Yeah, way overdue. It feels like it was just yesterday. <laughs> um, and you know what? That's so crazy. I was thinking the same thing. It does. I was in Europe, I believe, mm-hmm. or I had just gotten back, right? Yes. Um, and the one before that, you were actually in Prague, I think. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, uh, I, you, Matt, have the honor of having me on the show more than any other show except mine. Well, there you go. That's something for a fun fact, right? You still in uh, <laughs> I don't. You still in St. Louis, Joe? Yes, I am. We are here. Uh, we don't. We haven't really gone on a big trip for about a year and a half. Uh, we're thinking about going for a month, maybe rent an RV, go to New England mm-hmm. this fall. We've been talking about that. But yeah, we're kind of settling down. Our kids are getting older. It's getting a little more difficult to travel. But we are in St. Louis. We like it here. Super. Yeah, and no, I, I love it there. We're, as we're, we're recording this, I'm heading there tomorrow, so maybe we'll we'll catch up. Hopefully, our paths will cross. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah, re- for sure. Regarding the market, I mean, a lot of things are changing right now. And you know, what are you noticing in the market, and how is it changing the way you're doing business? <laughs> so funny. Um, just the other day, Matt, I, I go through these things where like. 
I'm super excited and passionate about the market. It's so awesome, so easy to do deals. And then I'm like, oh, it's hard. Like, what's going on? There's so much competition. Direct mail response rates have fallen and blah, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's just like I'm hearing students having cr- tremendous, crazy, awesome success. And then I get back from a mastermind, you know, a big high-level mastermind, and you hear these guys in there that are crushing it right now. And it is hard, but they're still doing as many deals as they were before. And it's like, wow, I guess that is cool. People still are doing deals. So for me personally, we're still, uh, I'm averaging about two to three wholesale deals a month. Um, The way we do it, I just, my assistant sends out a bunch of direct mail. I have a local wholesaler that I work with that takes the calls. Um, well, I have a VA that takes the calls and pre-screens them, puts them into Podio, and then the good leads go to my local wholesaler. My local wholesaler gets them under contract, sells them, and we split profits 50-50, and we split the marketing expense as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm still doing those. Uh, occasionally, we'll do a lease option, and those are my favorite deals, even though I'm not doing as many of them mm-hmm. as I used to. And then uh, we're doing land flips. We're flipping lots, vacant lots in the middle of nowhere, Colorado, Oregon, New Mexico, different areas, flipping these vacant lots. And we do about four of those a month. Mm-hmm. Our, you know, the average profit on those are about five grand. Nice. And that's been going, that's been going well. The easiest deals that we're doing right now are the land deals for me because I'm partnering with some people. I don't know if my partners would say they're the easiest deals, but they they're loving it. They're they're it's amazing. I so when I look at the market to answer your question, um, I'm I'm more optimistic than ever right now. I think there are still a gazillion deals out there, and it's easy. One of the things, Matt, you know, we we both are coach people, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the only people we talk to are the ones that are struggling, and that's why they hired us, right? Like they. They want help. And the ones that are actually doing deals and crushing it, they're just out there, you know, figuring it out and, and they don't really call us anymore. And and so sometimes as a coach, the people you talk to the most are the ones who are just beginning or just getting started and they're struggling or they maybe been at it and they want to they want to make a change. Well, that's cool. I still love helping them, right? Mm-hmm. But my point is this sometimes we don't get to hear about all of the exciting things going on. Unless one of our students gives us a testimonial or, you know, posts something on Facebook, but the testimonials I am seeing when I see them, man, I get so excited. That student did a flipped a deal, made thirty-eight thousand dollars a week ago, and he did another one a week later. He made fifteen thousand uh, dollars. I've got students in super competitive markets in mm-hmm. Florida that are doing deals, um, and I've got. Uh, we we just launched a, a, a product last week or the week before um, about using auto dialers to mm-hmm. dial people, right? And uh, I'm talking to people that are, have been using this for a while, and they're shocked, like, oh, wow, somebody's coming out with a product and teaching this stuff. And they're sharing with us how well they've been doing with it because they've been using it now for a while. I've got guys in Phoenix right now that are using our auto dialer and doing four to five deals a month in super expensive, I mean, competitive markets. Mm-hmm. And they're not doing any direct mail. No, no direct mail at all. They're getting all their deals from just picking up the phone and calling folks. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited about the market. There's still a lot of people out there doing deals. 
you know? Totally. We do a thing inside of our private Facebook group called Follow Through Friday. And every Friday, you post your wins for the week. And these last six to eight weeks, I mean, there's always three or four wins every week from someone in the community. But uh, these, I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know, something's in the air because the the checks are getting bigger. The posts are getting more frequent. um, The diversity in the people that are posting is expanding. Uh, I agree. There are people singing the blues. And I've noticed the same thing about direct mail. Well, one thing I've noticed about my direct mail is, you know, Four weeks ago, I sent out a really large mailing, and I said, I'm just going to do it all at once this time instead of divide it up every week. And I did it, and I got a 0.05% response rate. And I was just <laughs> like, this, I've never even experienced anything less than one. Anything really less than two is pretty rare. Uh, and Was this in a Midwest market or where? Uh, this was in Florida. And okay. we uh, went ahead and mailed the, I just, just, I always, whenever something doesn't go right, I say, okay, if I was my student, what would I tell myself? You know, and I was like, uh, load up and do it again. That's what I would do. Or that's what I'd tell myself. It's exactly, yep. exactly what I did. And we got a 6% response rate within two days of it landing. And it's, Please. yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I was, it almost makes me wonder if the mailman even delivered the, the, the postcards. But uh, yeah, it just, <laughs> it's, it's a living, breathing organism. It ebbs and flows. It comes and goes. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not so good. Um, but the consistency wins the, wins the race, right? Oh man, totally. I was on a, uh, text message thread with seven other investors the other day, and you would recognize most of the guys on there, Matt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, somebody started the discussion and said, Hey guys, what's working for you right now? What's the best way to find sellers mm-hmm. that's working best for you? And every single person responded back, direct mail, direct mail, still working. And then they started sharing with each other the direct mail that's working that, and I was looking at this mail. I was like, wow, that's still working. Like that's what we're using. That's. And so there's no, there's no secret magic trick. You know, there's no secret little red pill that um, everybody's looking at this. They want to know what they want to, you know, have the, uh, uh, be one up on their competition or something like that. Mm -hmm. But this basic stuff still works. Yeah. And I wrote a book called Brilliant at the Basics, right? Mm-hmm. And we wrote that like three years ago. And guess what? That stuff is still works. That The direct mail still works. And there's new little things that you can do, new little tactics, new little marketing strategies maybe that will help improve your marketing. But man, those those ugly handwritten postcards still really work. <laughs> Go figure. Right. Yeah, it's you're, you're so right. And and like you, 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 you and I are both big consumers of other people's information. I buy so many courses, so many audio books. I, I attend yeah. seminars. Yeah. You know, you and I do that a lot. And I'm always just looking for what's the next thing. And every time, I mean, people are so good at selling their stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get the goods this time. And it's direct mail, uh-huh. it's banded signs, and it's classified ads almost every single time. Sometimes they got some little twist on it, but it's it's the basics. It's the same yep. thing. You got to put your message out there, put it in front of the right people, and then interact with those people, attract them to call you, and, and convert that, put it under contract, and go exercise your exit strategy. It doesn't change. But how, and how about the old-fashioned telephone? You remember that thing? I do. Right? <laughs> treat it like a cactus. We're mm-hmm. afraid of it. Right. But we're having some of the best success right now, and so are our students, by just picking up the phone and calling old leads, mm-hmm. your old leads, other wholesalers' old leads. Mm-hmm. Just we hired a, a VA for a hundred bucks. We had her scrape two thousand phone numbers in one of our markets off of Craigslist and Zillow, all the landlords and for sale by owners, all the rentals and Fisbos, right? Mm-hmm. 
and we got like 2,000 phone numbers. Now, after that was including duplicates. So I think we narrowed, after removing the duplicate numbers, we brought it down to maybe 1,200 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, that is, and, and what if you started doing that every week, right? But just, that's a lot of numbers to dial. So you could do something like an auto dialer, like Mojo Cells or something. But that that is about as old school as it gets, practically, mm-hmm. picking up the phone and calling people. I've always said the fastest way to a deal is through the phone. Mm-hmm. And if you were to drop me off in a city that I've never been to with no money, and I couldn't even do direct mail or bandit signs because I couldn't afford to buy the pen to write on the bandit sign or whatever. I couldn't afford the plastic for the sign. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would do that. I would get on the phone and I would make 100, 200 phone calls a day. And I would just start calling everybody I could find online, um, on Craigslist, on Zillow, et cetera. So don't forget the phone. People listening to this, you know, you may, you may be petrified of that thing, but that sales is the million dollar skill. And if you can learn how to be good at sales, you can make money in this business in any kind of market condition. Amen. Yeah, it's a people business, and you have to talk to people. Uh-huh. <laughs> At some point, you're just going to have to talk to a lot of people. And uh, yeah, I, I know the basics work. I love that title too. Brilliant. There's a, basics. There's a friend of mine who coaches, and um, he actually, I don't agree with this. I don't like it, but he does it. He makes his students. Uh, get a pre-foreclosure list and a phys, uh, expired list. He makes them, maybe it's expired. I'm not sure. He makes them get a list of addresses, and he makes them go knock on their doors. Still uh, today, he makes them do that. Is that Mike Ferry? No. Oh. <laughs> it's a real estate investor coach. I can't believe how and, much money uh, that guy has made by getting people to cold call. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty well, genius. Yeah, it works though. No, it, totally. it may be hard. Totally, you know, you work the numbers, it's, and it absolutely works. Absolutely. Yes. But now, just... maybe there's easier ways to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm right now, Matt, trying to crack the code on Facebook ads. Let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. Have you figured out how to do Facebook ads yet to find motivated sellers? We're getting close. Hmm. Getting close. Maybe we. Need, maybe we need to talk when you're here in St. Louis because I got some really ninja to share with you, uh-huh. and I. I can't talk about it on a live on a podcast. It's oh, like boo. This... <laughs> I, 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 I can hear it out there in the audience right now. You're getting booed right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, but I see. I, the reason why I can't talk about it is because I don't know if it works yet. Like, mm-hmm. I found a way to get a list of highly motivated sellers, mm-hmm. upload them into Facebook, and get a custom audience mm-hmm. with an eighty-one percent match. Okay, so we're on the same track then. So we've done something very similar. Ooh, so now what? Like, what do I, I I got a list of highly motivated, targeted sellers. I don't know if they're motivated or not, okay? Mm-hmm. And I can get about 80% match. Mm-hmm. Dude, like, do you put, like, hey, we buy houses on Facebook? Or do you, you know, I don't know. I'm So that's what I'm trying to figure out now. Even though we're, we're talking about keeping it simple, mm-hmm. sticking with the base what works but you know we're also looking for new ways to find targeted motivated sellers so totally i mean and facebook's where the eyeballs are at and you know whether they are distressed or not distressed the eyeballs are still there the whole world is on facebook so it's a logical place to look um i'll tell you what we're doing we've done something almost exactly as you're you're describing we're testing probably 10 different images right now with 10 different messages and uh what we're doing is we're making the we're keeping the uh, 
the appearance consistent. So we're mailing to those people as well with the same thing that we're advertising with in our display ad. So that's what we're okay. Work, that's what we're working on right now. And then uh, we're so what is your what does your Facebook ad say? I've tried a few things. Um, we've tried. Uh, uh, let's see. Let me see what it says. We did one that says, uh, honest investor pays cash. Call me first. That's one of them. Hmm. Um, what's another one? I don't know exactly which one's winning right now. The other one was. What, what are realtors? What are realtors doing? Do you know? I, I don't know. I mean, it seems it's always listing or brand oriented, you know. Yeah. Shirley sells houses in the South Bay. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a call, <laughs> call me for a great listing presentation. Um, no, we did, and then we need to sell your house fast, call here and get a quick offer in 24 hours. Like we've just kind of taken all the, the basic stuff, seeing which one, what people get response. And we probably get a lead or two. In fact, this morning, this this morning, we we it's it's not a super motivated seller, but we did lock it up under under contract. It's got a little bit of equity. We we're going to throw it on the MLS and just sell it that way. Um, but that actually nice. did, that actually did come today. But we we get about two or three leads a week from that from our efforts on Facebook right now. I've heard from other people that are doing it, and they're from what I've heard, it's not any better yet than Google Pay Per Click. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. when you, when you look at a dollar per motivated lead, mm-hmm. still kind of like nobody's really figured it out or cracked the code. And if they have, well, we're not, they're not telling anybody about it. Right. Um, but I mean, I'm just, I'm thinking there's gotta be some way and maybe, maybe it's not, you know, I don't know. You know, but, logically uh, I could have swore that I was like, okay, I have got it. Boy, no one has ever said this. I thought of this all by myself. I'm going to go do this. And what I thought was was going to be key was loading up a, a motivated seller list and then being able to create a lookalike audience in any market in the country is what I was ultimately mm. going for. And, okay. Uh, and so, like I said, we're just it's just a few leads a week. We don't have a massive budget. We're just it's just test budgets. But once we we hit it, then. Uh, but you're right. Our PPC is it produces about the same number of leads. I think our PPC people are still at higher quality leads. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's about the same number. So you you created a custom audience from a direct mail list mm-hmm. in Facebook. Yep. Then hmm. created the lookalike, and, and, what, and then took that lookalike audience uh, and then geographically targeted it somewhere else. Well, maybe somebody listening to this podcast, Matt, has got to figure it out. Yes, and we could roll it out as a as a service because I know that would be highly in demand when someone does figure that out. But I, I think we've we've made massive amounts of progress on what we're doing, so we're going in the right direction. I just wouldn't say it's like aha eureka yet. Interesting. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Well, well, there you go. Please let me. Did, please let me know. And I will let you know if somebody lets me know. Okay, good. <laughs> I did not plan on spilling all those beans, but uh, uh, lightning hasn't quite struck yet, so I don't know if, how many beans I actually did spill or yeah. how helpful that actually was. But that that's the logic behind the whole thing. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, so we're talking. You're in. Uh, you're still doing your wholesale deals, and you are mm-hmm. uh, got a lease option here and there, and yes. you're doing this land thing. Um. Oh, gosh, well, what is there left to talk about that we've never talked about before, Joe? Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't. Re- 
we've had so many conversations. Sometimes it's recording, sometimes it's not, and I'm having a tough time differentiating what, when was what. But uh, well, I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing you here in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. You've been here so, like many times in the past, and you, know, you don't call me to say, "Hey, Joe, I'm in town. You want to have coffee or beer?" So that's pretty you know, rotten. My feelings me, are a little. That's pretty. My rotten. feelings are a little hurt. Yeah, I get it. I can. I won't make that mistake again, Joe. Uh, typically it's it's such a turnaround event for me that uh, I've got like 17 things to do in 24 hours and I'm out but um, I get it yeah but we made a point we'll connect uh, tomorrow night and uh, hang out or Friday night so let's let's talk about um, let's talk about land want to talk about land yeah let's talk about land we had Jack Bosch on the show a while back and I was I mean the first time I had him on my show I was like yeah yeah land land whatever um, I'm all about houses and then uh, I don't know. I just I was a different person a year later when I had him on the show again, and I just heard it differently, and I actually found it pretty exciting. So um, yeah, I was like, hmm, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm thinking about doing this. So it's it's like I was sharing with you before we started recording. I've got I think it's number two or three on the to do list as far as next system to implement. But uh, you've yes. already started. So tell me, what are you doing? How's it working? Let Let me just be real clear to everybody who's listening to this. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is not – If we have a lot of shiny object listeners. Okay? <laughs> Let me be very clear because focus will make you rich in mm. this business, right? Mm, totally. Focus will make you rich, and shiny objects will make you go blind. So if I wouldn't suggest to anybody looking at land until you already have your wholesaling business or your buy and hold business like running on all four cylinders and just humming along, Okay. Because like if you're trying to wholesale deals, the worst thing you can do is try to, is get distracted by something else. And the reason why I got into land, because we're already kind of wholesaling stuff that's going on without much of my involvement. And I had two students of mine, friends, that were wholesaling deals. They didn't want to do any wholesaling anymore. And I said to them, hey, I've been interested in this land stuff. Why don't I buy some courses? Uh, you go through them. And let's partner together on this. And they were all excited about it. And they said, yeah, that's great. So the only reason I'm doing land is because I got somebody else to do it for me. <laughs> and I know, Matt, you said you said the same thing, Matt. You're going to hire an assistant or something like that, right, to, to run this for you. Yeah. I mean, we've already got a, a, a pretty much – we've got two rock star virtual assistants that we have just uh, – we just create a system for them. We go deep with yep. that system. We get it up and running. And once it's going and everybody's comfortable with it and everyone's proficient and efficient with it, then we introduce another system. And so yes. it's, it's a very duplicatable way or scalable way to grow. And so that's what we're doing. So we've got, I don't know, she, they're running four or five different strategies for us that just generate leads for us around the clock. And land is like the third one in line that's up next. So I don't, yes. know, I don't know if we'll even get it to it this year. But uh, it's a system that I was like, I think that could work and we could do that virtually very easily. Yes, and I love it. I am super excited. In fact, I'm looking right here at one of your podcasts, episode 249. It says, we're guaranteeing success here today, and it has an offer letter envelope in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if that's what – well, what we do and for land is we send offers. Right. So are we talking about something different on this podcast here? Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway, sorry. Oh, no, 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 yeah. Um, what were we talking about there, the guaranteeing success? I think it was just being, shoot, there's so many different ways to guarantee success, and we already talked about it at the beginning of this, was really just consistency. I think that episode was all about consistency, right. and that will guarantee okay. your success, but go ahead. 
so for our land deals, all we're doing is we're sending offer letters. Um, we, because some guys teach how to, you know, you go out and you get a list of tax delinquent mm-hmm. land owners and you send them a letter. We are going in, we, we pick a county and uh, we figure out what, okay, we say, all right, we're going to go after landowners in this county. And we pick counties that are hour, two hours away from a major city. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, we go anywhere from like one to 20 acres. And these are rural areas. So like these lots don't sell for like any more than 40, 50 grand, maybe on mm-hmm. the high end. Most of these lots sell for 20,000 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. So we'll go in and say, okay, let's look at five to seven acres, and we find out what five to seven acres sell for in that area, in that county. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we look at the lowest number. So we look at comps by active we, – we get comps by looking at active listings. Okay. And, you know, there's landwatch.com and Zillow or realtor.com. A lot of times you can get good land listings on those sites, land and, land and farm.com. So we figure out what – they're, they're selling for, and we will go and make blind offers to everybody who owns land that size in that county. And so we don't worry about getting a special list from the county of tax delinquents. We'll just get a list from ListSource or from RealQuest of all the vacant land owners in that county in that size. And we'll just send them a blind offer for 15 cents on the dollar, one five. Mm-hmm. And we are averaging about one offer accepted out of every about 300 letters it goes mm-hmm. up or down so if we send 300 offer letters we'll get one accepted are you sending an actual purchase agreement or are you just sending the price inside of a letter it is a purchase agreement okay a cover letter and a purchase agreement Got right mm-hmm. and then if they sign it i don't know maybe 25 35 percent of the offer of the deals we do they'll actually sign it and just send it back to us Mm-hmm. Um, that's when our due diligence starts. Or they'll call us, yell at us, or they'll say, you know, I can't do fifteen hundred, but I can do seventeen hundred. Mm-hmm. So whatever. If we 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 will then do it. Um, why, then why, that's when we start. Real quick, our... Joe. Why do people call back to yell? Why do people call back angry? I don't understand that part. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm just way <laughs> too busy to do that for anything. You know, it's like because <laughs> we get those well, calls every there... once in a while. Well, that's a that's a sign that you're doing something right, mm, right, right, right. You know, I think as Dan Kennedy said, if you haven't pissed somebody off by twelve o'clock, you're not marketing hard enough. Every day. <laughs> there you go. So, I had a student send me a message the other day. It was so funny on Voxer. He said, "Achievement unlocked in asterisks." You know, uh, it, like in a game. He's, I got my first angry caller today, or uh-huh. my first angry letter back, <laughs> and uh, he was so happy. And I was like, "Yes, he gets it." Um, achievement unlocked. He's got his first angry response to That's his letters, great. but um, the I don't know why people do that, but you know they do. And for me, that's a good sign. It means I am doing my job. I'm doing enough marketing. So I don't know why, but we just apologize sometimes. Uh, sometimes they'll say, "Oh, I'm sorry." Like, "Oh, that must have been a typo." Uh, just throw it away. Never mind. You know, <laughs> but we're. We're sending like ridiculously low offers, and guess mm-hmm. what? I don't know. It works, so maybe mm-hmm. we need to keep on doing it. Right. Like Fifteen cents on the dollar. We get them accepted. Um, sometimes they call back, but one out of every three hundred. Let's say it was one out of five hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, one out of a thousand. That's better than most people are seeing with houses. Oh, absolutely. As far as acceptance rates absolutely. right now. Absolutely. Um, 
So we get them accepted. That's when our due diligence starts. We look to make sure that the person who signed it is the real legitimate owner on record. A lot of times there's, um, it, it gets a little tricky because sometimes the, the person on title is dead or deceased. And so we need to figure out like, okay, do you have the right stuff that we can fix that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we do our due diligence. We will look to make sure the taxes are paid. We'll go to Google Earth, you know, look to make sure that it's not, uh, that you know, it's, it's accessible. <laughs> yeah, that it's there, that it's accessible. Like you can actually get a, you can get to it. And uh, if it all passes the, that little pre-screening or um, due diligence tests, then we'll just stick it on our website and start marketing the property. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll, um, we'll buy it with cash and then sell it. If it's a smoking hot deal, we know it's going to be a good deal. We'll just buy it with cash. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get a mobile notary to meet the seller somewhere and give them a cashier's check in exchange for the signed deed. Um, so we do the deeds ourselves. We don't use a title company. So there's a little learning curve there in, on figuring that, that stuff out. But um, then we start advertising the property. We'll advertise it on different websites. And we're, again, we're getting them so cheap, so we'll advertise them for cash, half of what everybody else is selling them for. Mm-hmm. So when someone goes to landwatch.com and they search for land, they sort it from low to high. And we're going to be right there at the top. And we'll, maybe we'll do a sponsored listing. We also build buyers lists, people looking for land on our website. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll sell these things, these lots pretty quick. You know, if they're priced right, we'll sell them fast. And we're just pretty soon we're going to start selling them with owner financing on terms. That's where the real money can be made. Mm-hmm. The higher ROI, it's either fast nickel or slow dime. Mm-hmm. So we were, I wanted to, I was very intentional. I wanted to flip our first 10, 20 deals with cash for cash so we could use the reserves, the profits to buy new lots to sell with owner financing, to sell on terms. And that's what we're starting to do now. And it's it's going really well. And my business partners, they're kind of doing everything. They're 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 running with it. We have a certain split that we do. My assistant runs or sends the direct mail and uh, we provide the VA to help with certain stuff. And mm-hmm. then my business partners, they will take the calls from the sellers, put them on the website, advertise the property, do all the due diligence, and take the calls from the buyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I could see this. If I wanted to, I could focus, if I focused on it 100% and stopped doing everything else, um, I know we could be doing very, very well with it. And, mm-hmm. and uh, being conservative, I know we could get to over ten grand a month in income in six months. If we really, if I really wanted to focus on it, mm-hmm. ten grand a month in uh, passive income, not like from flips, uh, right, right, from right. like posts. I was gonna say owner me. finance. I said, well, that doesn't sound like a good business. <laughs> ten thousand dollars a month, <laughs> but passive is great. Um, hey, uh, okay, so you are uh, first of all, you're finding you're writing fifteen percent of what's active, so that's a really yes. deep discount. How did you come up with fifteen percent? The guy in the course said to do that. So okay. I said, okay, I'll do what he says. Perfect. I don't think it's going to work, but I trust him. I'm going to, I accept I'm going to that. do it anyway. <laughs> I accept that answer. Um, yeah. Second, is I think one of the, you know, we can never forget that uh, we are problem solvers as real estate investors. That's where the real, the real deals come from is when you can give somebody some peace of mind. They give you some equity in exchange. So yeah. what, is the, what is the story behind uh, – what is the problem that these people have that has them discounting their pr- uh, properties in such a way? It's like you go to garage sales, mm-hmm. right? And you see somebody selling this treadmill. They paid $2,000 for it, right? Mm-hmm. 
it's a they look every time they walk past that thing they feel a pang of guilt their wife is pissed at them that they bought that thing and that they've never used it and, they, and it reminds them of how fat and overweight they are and they're like <laughs> i want to get rid of this stupid thing they'll put it in the garage sale and sell it for 50 bucks right mm -hmm. why they spent two thousand dollars for that thing it still works why don't they use it why don't they sell it for like a thousand bucks you know they, it's just they want to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. They're sick and tired of it. It reminds them of, of how much they are overweight, and it reminds them of like all, they fight about it. You know, it's just like get rid. So that's what people do. They're like, I don't, I'm, I'm tired of paying the taxes on this thing. Um, I don't remember why my husband bought it. Uh, you know, he. I just want to get rid of it, um, and they don't care. Mm -hmm. They don't. They just don't care, and so. You in, in some ways, you see that more with land than you do with houses. Um, because it's like a lot of these people, they live, they've never been to the property. They've never seen it. They have no idea what it is. Um, they didn't even, they forgot they bought it. Mm -hmm. It's just like they bought it for a few thousand bucks 20 years ago. And uh, they hoping that maybe someday they would build a, you know, a cabin on there. Mm -hmm. But they never did. So it's just, All that's right. the way it is. So it's just, just human beings being human beings. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just thinking, there was something the other day. What was it? I had something. I was super motivated and I wanted to sell it and I paid a lot of money for it. Mm -hmm. I forget what it was, but it was a perfect example. And uh, yeah, I just, oh, what was it? I forget. But I just wanted to get rid of it because I would have, I would have paid somebody to take it away from me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I remember I paid for, we have a thing called, when I was an agent, I had a super key and I guess they still yeah. use, they still use those things. And you know, someone here in the office has got their license and they, they asked, Hey, do you want the super key? And I was like, no, you can have it. And he goes, well, how much you want for us? You can have it. Take it. I don't want the thing. Huh? And you know, yeah. saved him 250 bucks and he got it for free. So <clears throat> those are expensive. Yeah, Totally. So I get it. Um, all right, I just didn't know if there was anything specific about people with land and, and stuff like that. So some of the things I'm thinking about in, in due diligence, okay, you got traditional due diligence of taxes and you know you wanna make sure it's there. And um, anything that you have to do as far as research on you know, geological stuff or hazardous waste or something like that, weird easements no. that, that inhibit the, the use of the land or anything like that. Sometimes it's a good idea to maybe call the county and say, hey, do you know anything? Because if you're friendly and nice to the people at the county, mm -hmm. um, usually they're helpful. They're like, well, they'll, they'll tell you but what they know. Mm -hmm. um, that ain't L.A. County. And, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, this is Midwest you gotta remember, where people are nice. Yes. Mm -hmm. So these are people like if you <laughs> you want to want to you want to say something funny. You go to some of these counties and go to their websites and uh, sometimes they'll show you like pictures of the of the people who work at the county. Mm -hmm. uh, that's horrible. Sorry, I should I should not be making fun of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's been some counties you're like, wow, really? Um, <laughs> all right, sorry. That's all I right. wanna I wanna show you. I wanna show. I'm looking up something here on due diligence. Okay, here it is. Um, I feel so bad about making fun of them. I don't mean to make fun of them, but like, they're they're like. I was wondering the other day. Redneck hillbilly. I, I was wondering what what happened to sticks and stones. You know what I mean? Uh, those well, will break my bones and names will ever hurt me. I think it seems like names are hurting everybody these days. 
Yeah, you know, you still <laughs> gotta be careful. <laughs> you but do. I'm telling you, if I were to show you, if I were to show you some pictures of some of these websites um, and the people that work there, mm-hmm. um, you know, wow. Okay, so <laughs> there's the, one of the things I learned from one of the courses, and this I got this from uh, the guys at Land Academy. All right, mm-hmm. there's four things you want to look at in due diligence. Access. You want to make sure that there's access. If it's mm-hmm. like on the side of a hill, if it's on the side of a mountain and there's no road to it, it might be harder to sell. But mm-hmm. you never know. Like, I would still get it under contract. I just wouldn't close on it until I had a buyer. There's sometimes there's buyers who want something that's hard to access because they're afraid the zombie apocalypse is going to happen and the government's going to come after them. Mm-hmm. And they want a place where they can hide all their guns. And the harder it is to get to, the easier it is for them to defend themselves. So you just never know. Mm-hmm. So if it's like, if it doesn't meet all of these criteria, then you can get it under an option contract, right? Mm-hmm. So access is the first one. You got to make sure there's good access as best you can. You got to make sure there's acreage. I mean, the more acreage, the better. You got to look at attributes. Attributes are things like, you know, is it close to power? Is can, Are you allowed to put septic tank systems in there? Mm-hmm. Um, are you allowed to drill for water? And is it affordable? So those four A's, access, acreage, attributes, and affordability. The better things that you have, of those four things, the easier it is for that property to sell. And the one thing that is like probably the most important of that is access. So it's just going to be harder to sell a property. It might just be best to pass on the deal if it does not have good access. But, um, you know, it's got to be affordable. There's a lot of people out there. They say in land, the saying goes, there's a pig for every farm, mm-hmm. uh, barn. There's a pig for every barn. And you'll be surprised, you know. There you, you go with think, the names again, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you may think like, well, who on earth would want this property? Um, but somebody would. They're looking for d- property in that area where mm-hmm. they can you know, grow their their organic crops. Sure. Um, they can <laughs> they can do have their solar farm. They can grow their pot. They can. Um, there's sometimes I've heard stories of people buying land where because they they uh, they're really into um, rattlesnakes and there's a high population of rattlesnakes in that area, and they want to own land so they can get rattlesnakes to get their venom and and uh whatever you're right so no i got it Uh, that makes sense i mean i get it there's uh you know every man's trash is another man's treasure right yes and that's the cool thing about land because let's say you make a mistake and you buy a property at 15 cents on the dollar right and it's a bad lot well chances are really really good that you can sell it and at least break even Mm -hmm. and get your money back right right you can't do that with houses many times true um so just some basic, and if there's a question, you know, you just, you get it under an option contract and you don't exercise your option until you have somebody you can actually uh, sell it to. Right. That makes sense. Totally. Totally. So, so you get under contract for 15% of what you saw it on Landwatch for. So you yeah. got a great discount and then you sell it. I think, I think, I don't know if you said this now or before we were recording, but 50 to 60%. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so you're for just, cash, you, I, I sell it for cash at 50, 60 cents on the dollar. Okay. And I sell it with owner financing at like 90 cents to 100 cents on the dollar. Right, right. Okay. But that's still the lowest price on on the on the yes. website, right? So yep. cause, causing a quick sale. Or the best terms on the website. I want to be the best deal totally. on totally. somebody's looking for five to seven acres in this county. I want to be the best deal on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, Matt, it's just like houses, you know, you tell students like, okay, you use the 70% Mayo formula, right? 70% of ARV minus repairs minus your wholesale fee. And that's what you offer. Mm-hmm. And every student that gets into this business is like, nobody's going to accept that. 
That's like I'm in so embarrassed. Nobody's going to take that offer. Are you right. crazy? Mm-hmm. But no, you do it. Okay, I'll do it. And guess what? It happens. You get a seller that says, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. I don't want it anyway. I'm sick of it. Just take it away. Mm-hmm. So just do what you're told. Just do it. And it'll work. <laughs> Sweet. All right. So you uh, you got this property under contract. Whether you close or not, you you find a buyer. And does that go through like a traditional escrow? Do you need a closing attorney for land? No, we just some of them like in our bigger deals, we will use an attorney. I mean, a, a, a title company that's local there, mm-hmm. right? Most of them, we're closing them ourselves. We uh, you can do that. We'll prepare the because I've never done it yeah. before. All right. Huh. Yep, yep, you sure can. And so we also have a guarantee to our buyers. We tell them, listen, if there's any problem um, within 30, 60 days or whatever, um, just let us know. We'll refund your money and we'll just take it back. Okay. Got it. Well, yeah. So easy and so shiny. <laughs> right? <laughs> it is a shiny object. Right. Um, okay, let me but, ask you no. this, though, Joe. Could, could you increase your performance if say you start offering 25% and selling at 75%, do you think it would be just you could increase your volume and still make a decent profit with the same amount no, of work? I, I don't think you will get more offers accepted no. if you did it if you offered at 25%. No, I don't think you would. I mean, if they're going to take it at, at 25% offer, they would have taken an offer at 15%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No, I do. I mean, that's why I'm asking. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but yeah. if that's a you're the one with the, the head start and the, the experience on this. How long have you been doing it? We've been doing it probably like seriously about six months. Six months? Um, yeah. We started dabbling in it about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, seriously, but when I say seriously, we're still only spending maybe 10 to 20 hours a week in it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're well, also only I spending that, if you're selling out, you know, just a a thousand letters or so. I mean, you're only spending four or five hundred bucks on these letters, right? Yeah, total. We've probably have spent only about five grand mm-hmm. in marketing. Okay, and our total profit to date is about. Um, let's see, I can tell you here. Our total profit to date is. Why have I point? Thirty-one thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And how many deals is that? That's probably um, six, six, seven deals. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a pretty good ROI. It's a little better than houses, right? Um, and but it's you know, like we have a mutual friend, Jack Bosch, mm-hmm. and uh, you, you were talking about him before. And he is actually, I've talked to him recently. He's actually getting back more heavily and seriously into land himself. Um, he's always done land for years, but he's you know. He'll go into different focuses where he'll buy some commercial properties like apartments and stuff, and mm-hmm. then he'll he'll get focused on his coaching business. But now he's getting back heavily into land like he used to be uh, five ten years ago, because you know the, the market's coming back. There's a there's a high demand for these properties. People are paying more for them. Um, now let me. There is one caveat because um, there's nothing that's completely risk free. When you start selling these properties with owner financing, there is the high, the default rate is higher with land than it is with houses. Okay, mm-hmm. but everybody I've talked to, and I've talked to several, at least three or four different guys that do land full time and have been doing it for a long time, and they've been through the high markets and the low markets. The worst it ever got for them was a default rate of about twenty five to thirty percent. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. But again, remember this. They own that land free and clear. Right. It's right. not like they, they own it. They don't have any mortgages on that property. It's not like they're they're having to pay. Their only expenses are the property taxes, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. on these lots are, you know, maybe a couple hundred bucks a year for each lot. So it's not that much money. Their default rates are about 25, 30%. Um, so there, there is that, you know, so you'll lose income, but you won't be losing money. Right. Right. You know, uh, I mean, even at 25, 30%, if that's like the peak, if that's the height, that's not that much risk in my opinion, the way I'm seeing it. No. Yeah. No, I don't think so either. Totally. Now where you might run into, pro- where you run into problems is when you buy the land for too much. Totally. And, uh, ideal when you buy land and if you're selling it with owner financing, you should be break even within six months. Mm-hmm. If you're not, you're you're buying it too high. Mm-hmm. So within three to six months, you should be break even, and then everything after that is just pure cash flow profit. Sweet, I love it. Yeah. Well, dude, it's and been a pleasure once again. You got one more one more little nugget to drop? Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say um, when you compare it. I, well, I I think you need to have a good mix. If you're if you're looking at building a retirement portfolio. You can't have all your eggs in one basket. And I think it's wise to – you still need to have houses because the demand for houses are always going to be higher than the demand for land. Yep. You're going to see higher appreciation. There's more tax benefits with land, with houses. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't depreciate land. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and the cash flow is going to be better with houses. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to discourage people from – it's not a question of land or houses. I think you need to look at it as both, because um, the in, in many ways you look at the numbers, houses can make more sense, w- because people are always going to need a roof over their head. And if you look at the population growth, what they're projecting in the United States, I think I heard somewhere by the year 2050, because that's in 33 years, mm-hmm. 43 years or whatever, um, the population of the U.S. could potentially double. What does that mean? We need a lot more houses. Yeah, no we, kidding. The the um, we need to be seriously thinking about like in the long term, um, houses have a long. They, we're at the bottom. Like I mean, it's gonna it's gonna go up. We will have ups and downs in the future, but housing will always go up. People always need a a, a roof over their heads. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So that that trend goes out of fashion. But uh, yeah, just kidding. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. the uh, yeah, and also I mean, the, just the fact that. Let's not count immigration at all right now. 60% of the population in the United States right now is under the age of 30. And yep. so they are going to grow up and they're going to need some place to live. And yep. that's more housing than we have available right now. So, I, and, and to that point, um, talking about like which strategy is the best, you, you absolutely need houses. I mean, you know, when you and I met, Joe, I had almost 300 units. And that was what, yeah. four years ago. And I'm down to about 100 but I'm holding on oh, really? to a, to a bunch. Yeah, what I've done is, I've I've sold off sold off all of the stuff that just gave me a management headache, and then I converted those and either bought nicer homes or paid down the debt on my nicer homes. And mm-hmm. then, um, and and or what I've been doing recently is that I don't know if the market is going to shift or not. I mean, if you'd have to be an idiot to think we're we're going to be like this forever. But um, sure. something's around the corner. We're hitting that eight, nine-year cycle, which tip historically says something's going to make an adjustment or a, a reset. Um, so yeah. I, I've been uh, liquidating even more on seller financing and locking in my profits and ex- charging extreme 
uh, interest rates. But still, yeah. to the person that takes on the property, they're still about 100 bucks, 200 bucks lower than what they would pay on a monthly rent. So it, it's, it's yeah. creating a win-win situation. And land is just would be the third asset class that I'm contemplating going into, not in replace of, not, um, yeah, not yes, in, that's, instead that's of. That's a good point. That's what I, yeah. No, so you brought a that's, good point. That's too. a real good point. Because you don't, you don't want to avoid houses or ignore houses. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mm-hmm. where always my heart and bread and butter will be. Yep. Yep. So I've got, I've got houses, I've got notes, and now I'm thinking about this land thing that would be just kind of, but don't do that. Don't do that. Don't shift until you've got those other two, I think <laughs> in place. Right. Yes. Yes. I still, man, I, when I, I have to be real careful on my podcast talking about land, Matt, because I get students and then listeners that will call me and say, Hey, should I start doing land instead? And, um, I was like, no, I mean, like you should look at it, but you know, you got to, and here's the other thing I'll tell people is you have to decide 100% one way or the other. You can't like try to do both sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. You, can, you can start looking at land if you have your systems in place where you're doing your house deals on autopilot. And then that is possible. You can do it. So, yeah, it's uh, I, I have to be real careful when I talk about it. So, right. Anyway. Totally. No, I mean, I'm, I'm always conscious of that, too, of, of the message that's coming across uh, because – I've made a ton of mistakes and, and I'm sure you've made one or two and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if we can yeah. prevent that from happening to other people, that's the whole intent of us kind of disclosing like this. Right on. Right. Yeah. So speaking of your podcast, since I completely butchered that at the beginning of the show, what is the proper name <laughs> of your real estate podcast there, Joe? Real Estate Investing Mastery. Fantastic. All right, man. Well, it's been a pleasure. Uh, let's do it again. Uh, the best to you yes. and yours, and I'm, I'm going to see you soon. Yeah, Matt, sounds good. Thanks a lot, man. All right, Joe, Bye. take care, bud. That's it for today. I'll see you next week on another episode of Epic Real Estate Investing. God bless and to your success. I'm Matt Terrio, living the dream. You've been listening to Epic Real Estate Investing, the world's foremost authority on separating the facts from the BS in real estate investing education. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to visit iTunes and share your thoughts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time here at Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.